Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, and good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO as we get back to local programming for the remainder uh, of the morning and right through the entire afternoon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours talking sports. Appreciate you spending some of that uh, time with us. Here's what's coming up this morning on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will start in hour number one, Hawkeyes and Cyclones. David Eicholt, uh, the latest on the University of Iowa. A scholarship has uh, become available in the women's program. We'll pick uh, David's brain. We'll do spring football as well with David. Maybe dip inside the men, see if they're getting close. They did add Cricky uh, to the uh, lineup, uh, to the roster rather, earlier uh, in the week. We'll see if there's anything else that's close, and we'll do so with David Eichold, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 247 Sports. Uh, that comes up at uh, the bottom of the hour. Then Dave Sproul on Iowa State, uh, likewise with Dave. We will um, talk Iowa State with Dave, all things Iowa State, including Monday night recap. Uh, he watched uh, most of the home games for the women uh, as uh, Suarez and Jones are now part of the WNBA. Our number two is a lot of baseball conversation. Cardinals with Brian Walton. Finally got a win last night, a much-needed win for the Redbirds. We'll talk to Brian Walt about what ails that team out of the chute. And then David Kaplan, all things Chicago Bulls tonight, uh, have their play-in game. Uh, that's coming up against Toronto, the Raptors. The Raptors. Um, you're, you're locked and loaded. In oh, this one. I can't can wait for this one, Trent. <laughs> uh, Although I did find when we talked to our guy Kyle Irving yesterday, he let it, uh, put it out there that um, maybe Nick Nurse and the Raptors part ways, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's a joint decision, and that apparently the Rockets want to interview or want to talk to Nick Nurse. So we'll see if there is life after the Raptors for Carol's Nick Nurse, uh, amongst other things, uh, coming up here with David Kaplan. Uh, Cubs had an unbelievable win last night, down 7 nothing. Turn it on, it was seven win, a uh, 7-1 rather at the end of the inning. It was 9-7. I mean, just an offensive explosion out of those Cubbies uh, yesterday. Bullpen was terrific. Was Nesky not so much. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here at 1 o'clock and turn things over to Murph and Andy. How are you? Did you stay up for the end of the T-Wolves-Lakers? What an awful game. It was terrible. It was. I'm glad I went collapse. to sleep and I watched the rest of it this morning. I, I turned it off midway through the third quarter. It was terrible. It was bad basketball. And you know, I, I always I get a kick out of we get to the NBA and we're man, this is high level basketball. No, that was not normally the case. It is. That is not the case last night. That was ugly. And the fourth quarter from the Timberwolves was some of the worst execution that I can remember seeing yeah. in an NBA game. Yeah. With, with at least a at minimum a competent team. Make a shot. And they couldn't. They went one of fifteen in the final six minutes and overtime. One of fifteen. You have Mike Conley who's playing well. Boy, how about this pressure free throw? Oh, yeah. And that first one? (laughs) But you know what? Once that one fell, you had a better, you had a pretty good feeling. You know what? Maybe he's going to do it. And and the brain fart by Mm. Davis to follow him there. I mean, he's so far in the corner. Just let him shoot it. He's not going to make that shot. No. I'd be surprised if he did. Just the aptitude continued there. Mm -hmm. But to have Conley playing at a high level, Ant did not have it. He was. Good make a shot, Trent. Terrible. Worst game I've ever seen him play. And he was excited to get to guard LeBron, and yep. he, he did a good job, I thought, at times defensively okay. against yep. him. But he needs to score. He was so out of sorts yep. offensively. He was awful. And in a game like that, 
and they're handing the ball back and they're trying to get it to the cat in the post and then mm-hmm. he gets it and he just stands there and he's waiting for a double. It was inept. Yeah. That is the only word nope. for it. It was as bad an offensive execution as you're going to see in an NBA game. 12 points in the mm. fourth quarter. Overtime, not any better. Nope. It was ugly, ugly basketball and that was there for the taking. It was. The game was yes. there for the taking. And now the pressure comes on. Mm-hmm. Now you have to win, of course, on Friday yep. just to punch your ticket as the eight seed. And then you get the Nuggets. And you get the Nuggets in the opening round. A team that kind of scuffled over the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, and, but... and I think the Wolves were 500 against them during the regular season. Or it, was, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a lot. They didn't get swept. Right. They... Denver, though, I think they're going to pick it up. I mean, they, oh, I do too. They've had the one seed basically wrapped yep. up for the last month. Yep. I, I don't want to read too much into what we saw late in the season. We wouldn't know when Joker's going and just what mm-hmm. he does and his ability at the rim. He's a guy that can guard it. And, and what the T Wolves are going to come up with if they get by that game. But regardless of who wins tonight, between the Thunder, a young, fun, athletic team, and, and, and a great player now, and Shea Gilgis Alexander, yeah. coupled with on the other side with the Pelicans who were favored in the game. With what the Timberwolves look uh, like, no, that opportunity they shot lights yep. out for the first three quarters. Yep. They're hitting their threes. Yep, and now to bounce back, I don't. They had it. it. They had it. Trent, yeah. it was there for the taking. Couldn't agree with you more. Disappointing end to that uh, game. Well, for me this morning, for you last. <laughs> well, it was this morning. Did it, did it go past midnight? Twelve oh one. I looked and yeah, that's what at least what the interviews were starting with LeBron and they had Dennis Schroeder over there yeah. who hit the corner three. Big he said three, big three. Had uh, one of those earlier this season. Exact same spot. Did he? he missed it. And he talked about that a little yeah. bit. Had a little look over at Luca Garza too. Why wasn't Garza suited up? I have no idea. No idea. Especially he another with big Gobert. body. They did, especially with Gobert uh-huh. not being there. Hey, when did Austin Reese get good? Uh, when he went to the Lakers. Because he certainly wasn't in the Big Twelve. No. I mean, he was okay. He was fine. Yeah, but he's never the kid. That, oh my gosh, there's a boy. Oklahoma's really going to be bad next year. They lost Reeves, right? Right? No, I never remember saying that. Not at all. Yeah, he was just a guy. He, just a, good a guy. guy. He was a solid guy, but he was a guy. Yeah. And now he is a big player. He's a huge player on that roster. Lakers. This Western Conference playoffs is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. What we have setting up. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Timberwolves to get in. I don't know much how, how much resistance they're going to have, but think of that Memphis match matchup now for the Lakers. Yeah. No, Stephen Adams. Nope. Brandon Clark's out. Oh, he's out too? John, Clark, John Morant, you don't know... Where his head's at. Right. And here comes the Lakers to town. Now, uh-huh. game one, I'm already leaning towards a Memphis bet on that one. Are you the series, they're a, the Lakers are a slight dog, right? I think, yeah. I think they're plus money. Very, very close. Yeah. Basically a, a toss-up there. Right. Of course, what we're going to get with the Kings Warriors, that's going to be incredibly mm-hmm. compelling. Finally getting able to maybe see the Suns at full strength now. Now it's Chris Paul. How long is it going to last? Yeah, we'll, really. we'll see on that front. But him and Durant and company and what, how fun that can be against the Clippers. It, this is setting up to be some really, really good theater. And, and you kind of fast forward and think of the matchups that we get, you know, Eastern Western Conference Finals. The NBA is in a really good spot. And with yep. their media rights coming up, and they got to be very happy the way this I looks just like hope the TNT and whatever it takes stay there. Sounds like a real possibility that it won't, though. Yeah, well, if it doesn't, then they got to bring the whole team over with them. <laughs> uh, Ernie and company have to have to abandon ship. And you get you to jump on and watch that on Apple TV. <sighs> well, you saw the Direct TV stuff from uh-huh. yesterday, right on YouTube TV, and you got to pay for it by June. This that that part I have a problem with. It's just I don't know. Where's the world come? We can just leave it on TV. Not happening. No, it's not. It's not happening for the uh, Pac-12 as far as the CW as well. <laughs> yeah.
What's going to happen with this conference? And I say that knowing, knowing that the Big Ten has a new commissioner, Tony. I think you say he's pronounced his name Petiti. I could be dead wrong. Um, who's got a who's got a television background, mm-hmm. right? This guy was instrumental in Major League uh, MLB Network. He's the brains behind the BCS Championship. Okay, it was a precursor to where we're at now. Mm-hmm. But it's not like this guy's never dipped his toe in the college. Uh, sports waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been active in that. I, I love the hire. So where I was going when it has to do with the Pac-12, you know, does this reignite the Oregon-Washington conversations to the Big Ten? Do do uh, UCLA and, and USC all of a sudden the likelihood of them finding a travel partner out west become more of a reality because now there's somebody uh, at the top of the Big Ten? For the Pac-12 perspective, how about this? It's not going well. We know this. Oh, it's going brutal. It's awful. Not if you not if you uh, listen to the Baghdad Baghdad Bobs of that John Canzano guy. Right. My God, if they got him snowed, yeah. he embarrasses himself every time he goes. And full disclosure, I tried to get him on, he never answered me back. So I'm a little pissed off at that. You just have to have the courtesy to say, you know, fo or no, I'm not going to do it. Um, but he just spews out whatever they tell him to say. Yes, he is a mouthpiece. He's a mouthpiece for the Pac-12. It's not going well. You're not getting a ton. And the likelihood is that when Washington and Oregon get the call, they're leaving. There's nothing you can do about it. No. There's nothing you can do at this point. So do a short deal. Yes. Say that forever. Do a three-year deal. And give them an out. Right. Well, that aside, a three-year deal because it's not going well. Negotiations are not going well. And on top of it, we here in our industry – that there's a lot of businesses, there are a lot of people that are tightening it up. ESPN is getting ready to lay off thousands of people yep. at ESPN. We see layoffs happening all over the place. And yep. because of that, there are not certainly TV networks right now that are willing mm-hmm. to pay. So we're not doing a 7, a 10, a 12-year deal. We're doing a 3-year deal. Right. And we will we will look at it again in three years and see where the landscape is at that point. Hopefully everything is on the rebound and we're looking at things financially that are a whole lot better. And... As the dust starts to settle, as we see more and more streamers that are dipping their toe in right now, they're at that level. A place like the CW, maybe they make the decision, you know what, we are going to go in all in in sports and we're going to pay to make that happen. Uh-huh. That makes a whole lot more sense than, eh, you know what, we can get $25 million a team, but we have to sign it for 10 years. Or like the ACC had to do for 13 years. The Big Ten's going to come back to the table two more times right. before the ACC gets to come uh-huh. out. That's not the way for the Pac-12 to do it. It's not working well. Understand it. Just swallow the pill right now. Hey, we're doing a three-year deal. We'll see in three years where it's at. Yeah. Um, couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. I think, I think that's uh, very prudent on their part. Sounds like Colorado. Boy, wouldn't it be? I'm hoping. I really hope. Um, and, and and I was never one to, for a, a conference to implode. It's awful for fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to lose their conference, to lose their team, whatever. That's it's it's the fan base that suffers. Um, but Dion in the Big Twelve, <laughs> Dion coming to Ames every other year. Do you or? think Dion's going to be there long term? I th- I don't, Trent. No, I don't. But I think he's going to be there in the short term. And and any part of uh, of Dion in the did you see the video that they put up him meeting Ralphie yesterday? No. Oh my God, Ralphie coming at him in uh, in full flight. Coming, he was. I'm not going to spoil. Watch okay. it. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Um, but look at there's a buzz around CU football for the first time since Bill McCartney. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that was ninety. Two ninety one ninety. Well, I mean, New Heisel. New Heisel for a while, yeah. but never got him back to the McCartney year. Yeah, went McCartney, New Heisel, 
and then Cliff. Barnett had a couple oh, true. good teams. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, you they know were what? really good Fair in the late point. 90s into the early 2000s. Fair point. And then starting in... What, it's the, been 20-something years. The mid Barnett had a couple of years. You're it right. fell apart. Yeah. And it fell apart quickly. Yeah. But McIntyre had that one decent year where they went like 8-4. and four. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. Can you turn something around this quickly? Yeah. He's got a quarterback. Does he? I think. He has a quarterback I mean, from Jackson State. Yeah, but he lit it up. Right. When he had more talent than everybody else around him. That's uh-huh. not going to be the case, even in a down pack 12. You get 21 in the, the opening the opening week line. Who did they play? TCU? Yeah. TCU's a 20 and a half point favorite over Colorado. Oh, I already know what your football Friday pick. That's going to be one of them. Huh? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, I just think, look, he brought all of his good players with him. Well, and there wasn't a lot there to, to begin with. Right. I think Colorado's going to be good. And when I say good, Bull I mean, good. yeah. Six and the six, first seven year. And five. Absolutely. I do think, I mean, look at the guys that are, yeah, I want to play for Dion. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the young guys that he's got, he's getting there. I'm excited about uh, Dion Sanders, and, and hopefully it's in the Big 12 because that would be awesome for them to come home. Um, anyways, uh, we're going to have Sergeant Parisa call in. Apparently, there's a situation in about five minutes around Principal Park. Traffic's a nightmare. Oh, really? Apparently. So um, I just well, got to text. Well, you say that, and yeah, because. My son, Jack, goes to preschool at the Science yeah. Center, picking him up yesterday, and yeah, there were a bunch of road clothes around there, right. and it was kind of a disaster for me just getting around it, and had to cut the back way and go over by, what, George Flagg? Is that what you have to do? Yeah, well, that's what I did, because, yeah, everything was cut off, so I ended up having to go a little so bit is this So is this a temporary, well, it's all temporary, but how temporary? Well, it's a great question. I don't know. I just Well, Sergeant Prees is going to call a hotline okay. in about five minutes, uh, just to alert you to, that's, it. that's who it'll be, because the I-Cubs have a day game today. Boy, they're hitting the ball well, the, the, yeah. the Iowa Cubs. How about the kid that got called up, Velasquez, yesterday, hits a grand slam, just crushed a uh, pitch that was up in the zone. Baseball was fun yesterday. Which game caught your attention more so? I'm guessing your Twins White Sox. Yeah, that's where I was locked and loaded basically mm-hmm. throughout. And that's where it was. Another great pitching performance from this. I told you at the beginning of the year, had a chance to be really good. Uh-huh. And that has been the case. Sonny Gray gets the ball today. But yeah. It, Against Giolito? Yes. Good pitching matchup yeah. there. And, the, and uh, Bremer's back today? Is he? I thought. Because here in Provis on TV, it's just weird. It's what, just, is, what is it? Do we, it's health issue. Yeah. I, and I don't know anything more than that. Yeah. I haven't heard any rumblings or anything. But, yeah. And, and speaking of that, I wonder who's doing – is Atterbury doing play-by-play now no, on, on the radio, radio side? Are the twins in the in the market? I don't even know. What's what's the – I got the MLB Somebody called when you were on um, – Where what did you take a – you took a Friday off, right? Yeah, when uh, I was down in Dallas. When you were in Dallas, right, right, yep. right, right, right. Some, somebody called you and, and was pissed off I didn't know where the twins were. <laughs> How dare you? you were, you're supposed to know these things. Um, but I don't think, what's, but point being is, what's the station that you listen to up north? Isn't that Spencer? Uh, no, no, Yankton, South Yankton. Dakota. Yankton, okay. Yes. And it comes in decent yeah. from time to time at minimum there. So, But I got the new uh, the MLB at bat for free this year Which, with my DirecTV. How direct do you TV. do it? Well, you know, I'm just a great customer. Uh-huh, so am I. Well, but you pay for it every right. year. Right. And they're trying to suck me back in and save uh-huh. with no NFL Sunday ticket. They understand. Well, let's see if we Will can you buy the, the Sunday ticket on YouTube? Eve. I want to see, is Red Zone going to be available? By itself, zone? a standalone? I don't know the if answer. It's, even if it's... So you like... I've never got into I love Red, Red Zone. Zone. I, that is a majority of my watching is there. Is it? Even at 150 bucks or... I don't mm-hmm. know, 10 you bucks don't think you miss... 
You probably don't because you see all the big plays, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you see all the games now when the Bears are on. That's different because right. I want to watch it start to finish. But, yeah, we get what? At minimum, 12, 13 Bears games a year. Uh-huh, probably. Yeah. Something in that yeah. range with the national games and then what we get regionally. And, yeah, kind of fill in the gaps there with Red Zone when they're not on. So that's the direction I go. And if it's 150 200 bucks for Red Zone, I probably – well – I'll be honest, I'll, I'll probably just get Sunday ticket anyway. Mm-hmm. Need to do it before, what is the date? June, June 6th? 6th, I think it is, to save 100 bucks. That's a little sticker shock, though. Or, I mean, it's YouTube subscribers get an additional break. So right. what does that mean? That you had to be a YouTube subscriber as of yesterday? If I signed up for YouTube prior to June 6th, I'm sure Can I still qualify I for that so. extra uh, that extra discount? So what happens at the end of the season when everybody goes to? It's like ESPN Plus, right? For the for Iowa State games, everybody our Cyclone fans cancel as soon as you know March rolls around. Yeah, don't need it anymore unless right. you're a softball fan or you know, yeah. the, the other sports that are happening at that time, and go that direction. When once you cancel, maybe YouTube TV does your I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just, just want to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're, not gonna, you're not going to get YouTube TV and pay an extra $80 a month to get a $100 no, discount. No, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because DirecTV right? is not going away for you. No, I know that. No, it won't. But, you know, I have to have YouTube because uh, the Denver Broncos have Russell Wilson and he stinks and they'll never be on TV. <laughs> so um, if I'm going to watch my squad, other than three or four times a year, um, when you know, with announcers you've never heard of, because that's how far they fall in, you've got to watch it anyways. Uh, who will do the announcement? Still, we'll still get the the CBS Fox guys. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah, we will. All right. Um, real quick on this from last night. Boy, the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets are a rivalry. Yeah, is there that any- was a brutally that was a an old school turn the clock back playoff game last night. Is there any chance that they could no, meet up in the playoffs? No, not unless they get all the way through to the Western Conference final. Because the Jets are so bad. They just snuck in. They'll get shifted to the Pacific, so okay. they'll play the Vegas Golden Knights in round number one. I don't think so, unfortunately, because this is a spirited rivalry, man. If the Jets make a run, yep. they get to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. You going to make a trip home? Well, I have to go home this year. Yes. I know you've said that many times. <laughs> For the last five years. <laughs> right. But this year, I mean it. Yeah, maybe. That'd be kind of the... Yeah, two birds with one stone. I, I have to go home. Just, would you drive? Yeah, I think so. It's too expensive to fly. Is it? It's a thousand bucks. What do you got to fly into Minneapolis? Mini to Winnipeg. It's not that long. It's right. The flight to Minneapolis, what, 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. And then Winnipeg's an hour and five. Okay. So it's not... It's just... Price. It's, it's just the price. So you drive to Minneapolis, then you scoot over on I, um, what would it be? I-90? That sounds right. Yeah, going north, of, kind of I go northwest. through Fargo. Yeah. Go through Fargo and turn right. <laughs> turn right. Up. Get to Fargo, turn right on I-29 and go right up to the border. Then you're there. And then 60 miles from the border, I'm home. 10-hour drive? About 10. 10, 10 and a I half. I just made that drive. It's easy. No, I know, but it's easy at 40. Not so much me. I don't know. I mean, just take your time, right? right. Take your time. Anyways, uh, so we'll get to, uh, we'll get an update or traffic update as traffic is not normally part of our show. But real quick, back to the way we were talking with, talking with the Big Ten commissioner. Yeah. I think this is a good hire. He's got a TV background. Mm-hmm. That is where we're at right now, right? This is this is where sports has gone to. Um, look at Klyovkov, although it's not worked out well. But it certainly has with, uh, with your mark. Uh, I think the Big 12 is in a really good spot right now. Um, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. 
look look what uh, look what he's done for for this conference. Um, Big Twelve with all this expansion talk going around does not involve you for the first time in a in a bad way. I mean, for the first time uh, since expansion's been a part uh, of the program. All right, we're going to talk Hawks. We're going to talk clones. We will do that coming up here, uh, starting at eleven thirty with uh, David Eichold, David Sprow on uh, on Iowa State right now. Sergeant Parizic, Sergeant Paul Parizic from the Des Moines Police. Trent said he had a little traffic problem, so uh, good to talk to you, Sergeant Parizic. What is going on around Principal Park? Uh, a big construction project that's going to be kind of long-term. I think we're looking probably well in beyond the fall for this one. Wow. We want to kind of give everybody a heads up if they are heading down here, not just today, but uh, to any of the games throughout the season, that the most direct route might not be the quickest route. But uh, there's, there's some other options to get you in here. In the simplest terms, most people taking 235 off, coming either from up in Ankeny or coming from the west, you're taking 235 What's the best course? What's the best way to get there coming off of 235? Well, if you're coming in from the north, you know, you got, you've got the uh, East Village exit yep. there. Mm-hmm. there. There'll be a little bit of a delay as you come in, um, but you will be able to access the parking lots and the and principal park from there. But this construction project stretches from southeast 4th and MLK all the way to southwest 16th and MLK. Mm, wow. And what they've done is they've had to change the traffic pattern um, so instead of having two lanes going eastbound, two lanes going westbound, um, there's now one lane in both directions, and they're both on the uh, south side of the road. We've turned the eastbound lanes into two-way traffic. So you can imagine that we've just taken four lanes of traffic and turned it into two. Things are moving a lot slower. Uh, Paul, what's the best? Is there a resource uh, that we can go to that um, you know that we can find the you know the best routes? Is there is there a website that that shows you the best? Do the Iowa Cubs have it up on theirs? Do you know where can we go to to see this? Well, you know you've got all those apps you can put on your phone like Waze and things like that. They will they will update these traffic hazards to keep you um, updated based on input from people who are actually driving. Uh-huh. Those are good resources. If you want to look at a map of all the traffic closures in Des Moines, if you go to the city of Des Moines website. Um, just in the search bar, tap in road closures, it'll tell you. Um, this one specifically, though, is going to be a big one that impacts mm. pretty much Court Avenue area, and but really Principal Park. And the one thing I was going to suggest to folks is, like I said, that the most direct route might not be the quickest route. And if you can find yourself down and come in from the south. So okay. if you're, let's say you're coming in from West Des Moines, I just noticed today they took down the construction on 63rd Street. So I had two lanes going southbound. Came in down Park, took Park all the way over, mm-hmm. and uh, came down Indianola. You're going to have real quick uh, two-lane direct access to all the parking around the, the uh, principal park here. So their, makes- their parking lots are all open, and it it will save you the hassles of getting messed up there in that second and MLK. It's going to be congested um, as game day starts. So normally, say it's a, a seven oh eight start when we get to the summertime. You're used to leaving, I don't know, 6.15, get down there a little bit earlier. How much extra time would you anticipate people that kind of have their routine? We're going to the iCubs game. This is when we always leave. Extra 15, 20 minutes maybe to prepare for? Yeah, depending on where you're coming from, I would suggest at least another 15, 20 minutes, maybe even 30. Okay. Um, but it, those delays aren't going to be that long, but it'll get you in here with some time to, to get settled in, get yourself a snack, and uh, get ready, you know, for the start of the game, be ready to go then, so... It's just, I think once people do it once, they won't forget, and they'll (laughs) figure out how they're going to get around it. I understand it's an important project, and um, 
it, it is going to be long term. So we wanted to make sure the folks uh, don't let it impact because this is going to stretch into the fair also. And, you know, mm. we push that that Southwest MLK yep. um, extension is a great way to go there. So. Once we all get adjusted, by the time we're comfortable, we'll probably be back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, Sergeant Breezing. Uh, any other big uh, tra- traffic, um, you know, constructions that you, we should be made aware of that you can uh, think of? A little, nah, you know, right off the top of my head are the ones that I drive through all the time. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. We got a reduction there at 42nd and Grand. It stretches down to about 31st. Um, Court Avenue, right outside the police station. Uh, for about six blocks, they're doing some work there, and it's reduced to one lane each direction. So uh, there are going to be some ones that pop up a little. You know, little ones will pop yep. up throughout the summer. These things, will we'll get them done as fast as we can. But uh, we just wanted to make sure that everybody knows everything's open, and there's just, just figure out a different way to get there. Sergeant Paul Parisic from the Des Moines Police Department. Uh, Sergeant Parisic, have a great day. Thanks for the intel. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hey, thanks for the time, guys. I really appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you. Uh, Good to talk to you. Paul Parisic, uh, Sergeant Paul Parisic, Des Moines Police, as we get an update. So it sounds like this is a major project. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's not just a couple of blocks here and there. This thing's It's not just a week or two. You're going to be, you know, put off. baseball season. That's a big one. All right. From the south. That sounds like a plan, right? That sounds like the way to do it. And I knew exactly what he was saying. My wife teaches at Park Avenue, Mm -hmm. so she takes that way to work when she cuts through town instead of going on 235. So I know the route incredibly Mm -hmm. well and going to have to put that one in the memory bank when we take the kids down to the iCubs this year. Well, Cindy and I are planning on taking Jet. You are? Yes. When's that? May I don't have the eggs, but there's there's three of them. The first one's in May, and we're gonna. That was, uh, yeah. You're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to a baseball. I game. gotta take my boy to a game. <laughs> you, dad, dog, dog, love it. dad. I love it. I absolutely has <laughs> changed my life uh, in a positive way. Two o'clock in the morning. I don't care. Let's go out if he has to. I don't. Honest to God, it's great. It really is. He sounds pretty spoiled. You think? Just a little bit. <laughs> Miller and Condon. We'll talk Hawks and then Clones. Eicholt and Sproul coming up. But right now, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter the nationwide contest by inserting the word grand in the pop-up box. Grand at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Grand KXNO.com. That's the keyword this hour. More keywords coming up all throughout the day. Our next one about an hour from now. Murph and Andy have a couple of the drive with Heather and Sean from 3 until 6. We're back with David Eicholt. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Go Casino. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, 25 minutes before noon. You know this band? Don't. Jet. Is it? Just like your dog. Just like the Jetster. All right, Miller and Condon, let's get to David Eichold. I like it. I'll have to play this for him tonight. <laughs> we watch the Jets together, at least we try. Do you scare them when you yell at the TV? Yeah, when they when they get scored on 20 seconds into the game, usually. Uh, let's get David Eichold to HawkeyeInsider.com 24-7 Sports. Hello, David. Good to speak with you again. Uh, very, uh, very few days off um, <laughs> at your job. Let's start with the women, and all of a sudden there's a scholarship that has become available, and um, the bets 
uh, woman is a what six foot seven, Trent? Yeah, six foot seven. I mean, every every Hawkeye women's fan, whether they've followed the program for a long time or are uh, new to the uh, new to following the program, uh, see Sonano leave and know that there's an opportunity there, and who wouldn't want to be fill that Sonano role? What's the what's the likelihood that that's maybe not to bets, but that's the area that they focus on, David? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very high. I know there have been three names a lot of people have been talking about. Obviously, Lauren Betts has been number one. Anisha Morrow from DePaul, who averaged 25 and 12 this past season, up there is up there. And then, I mean, a lot of people have said Haley Van Lith. I don't buy that whatsoever. I don't think it makes sense from Iowa's standpoint to get her. I know she's an absolute bucket, but from reading between the lines and talking to some people, I think a lot of people expect Van Lith to go back out west. But, you know, who knows? LSU may make a push, and Van List requested not to be contacted via the transfer mm. portal, which typically means one of two things. One, they know where they're going. Or two, they have to reach out to the school to initiate the contact. And, you know, when you're that caliber of a player, you kind of can make your own rules and do your own thing, right? But, no, so Lauren Betts, I mean, I know Iowa's made contact there. I don't really know how much of a shot Iowa has there. Of the three names I've heard, I think that's the most likely Remember, Lauren Betts played and won a gold medal with Caitlin Clark at the under-19, and she was also high school teammates with current Iowa post Addison O'Grady, and then Iowa making a national championship and having NIL in place. You'd think if Iowa makes a big, big push that uh, Lauren would certainly listen, but I do know some people expect her to stay out on the West Coast. Mm couple other names I want to throw your way that has been bandied about. Anissa Morrow from DePaul, big-time scorer, 25-12 and 12 a year ago. Sounds like maybe South Carolina UConn, a little bit higher on her list. And Lauren Ware, a six foot five post player from Arizona, from North Dakota, Midwest ties obviously there. Uh, what you're hearing, if anything, on those two fronts? Yeah, Morrow is more so of a, you just can't kind of turn down that production. And if people don't know, Anisha Morrow is actually the sister of former Nebraska basketball standout and Marquette standout, Ed Morrow. And remember, Iowa recruited Ed Morrow for a little while. I believe that was seven or eight years ago. Uh, so, I mean, there is some ties with that family and, and the campus. But, you know, you look at what Iowa's roster has. I don't really think you want to put Morrow at the five. Yes, she's incredibly productive, but she's only six foot one. And, you aren't really going to demote Hannah Stolke's role based on the potential that she has shown. So I think you don't turn down that production, but there are better fits. The Lauren Ware, I'm still diving into a little bit. Okay. I certainly think that's going to be an option as well. But again, six foot five, athletic, can run the pick and roll. I think that definitely would provide some excitement. And I know Jan Jensen and, and the staff want to kind of tamper expectations. But again, as, as you guys have talked about and as I've talked about this is a very, very critical two-year stretch yep. for Iowa in terms of if they want to be a top-five program and establish themselves as a potential future blue blood in the sport, mm-hmm. you have a generational talent. You have the best player in the country. You you have the assistant coach of the year, Jan Jensen, who coaches these posts. You have some athleticism. You're fresh off the national championship appearance. You have NIL in place for women's basketball. I mean, in my opinion, it's all hands on deck. and. Yep. Again, you don't want to throw the kitchen sink and everything to get a Lauren Betts, but when you're the nation's number one recruit in the 2022 class and you have as many ties as, as Iowa has, you, you got to do all you can to be able to take that next step. And I've said I think the expectation next year, it, it's going to be Final Four. And mm-hmm. how is Iowa going to replace Monica Sinano? 
We'll see, but I know that they're exploring the portal and looking for potential fits. What about timeline, David? Kind of hard to, I'm guessing, pin down, but do you think that uh, we'll know something definitively in the in the next week, two weeks? What would you say if somebody asked you timeline-wise? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I doubt we hear anything in the next week. I think this is something that's going to be two, three weeks, if not a month. I mean, I think Iowa's going to be very careful about some of the people that they go after. I don't think anything's an open and shut case, and you know, I find it interesting. I wanted to touch on this. A lot of people have been talking about, oh, they're worried about disrupting the team chemistry of the culture that Lisa Bluter has in place. Well, it certainly didn't disrupt LSU, who had <laughs> two big-time transfers. When Kylie Firebach joined the team, it didn't disrupt chemistry there, and it didn't disrupt chemistry when Molly Davis came to the University of Iowa. So I think you trust Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen, the coaching staff's culture they've set. You have the leadership with Caitlin Clark, Gabby Marshall, Kate Martin who will not let anything disrupt. I don't subscribe to the notion that transfer modern-day transfers can disrupt team chemistry. If you don't want to pursue a player that has some red flags, I think that's completely valid. Mm-hmm. But this is 2023 college athletics. The stereotypes surrounding transfers and disrupting chemistry need to stop because that's what's going to really help make or break programs wanting to get to the next level. No question. Over on the men's side of things, Iowa with the commitment of Ben Cricky from Valpo, now looking for another big in the portal. Jordan Miner was the guy that I loved because he actually plays a little defense, looks like. <laughs> that one's going to be off the board, though, and he's going to stay out east, potentially uh, going to end up in Virginia. So Iowa all in with B.J. Mack, the Wofford big man. Is that kind of what they're looking at right now? And if Mack, though he's visiting this weekend, if he decides to go to the SEC where his other four finalists are, does Iowa have another option at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously getting Ben Cricky was huge. I mean, that was Iowa's number one target based on the guys they contacted from what I've been told from the start. You look at his offensive prowess and his passing ability and his ability to run the pick and roll. I think it's a very good pickup for Iowa. Jordan Miner is number one on my list. Uh, his consistency was phenomenal. Not to use a, overly use a Fran, Franism in phenomenal and tremendous, but uh, his consistency definitely stood out. But Iowa is all in on B.J. Mack, and he's going to be visiting Alabama here next couple days and then visit Iowa over the weekend. And talking to a source close to his recruitment yesterday, they are all in on visiting Iowa. They love the potential fit, especially on the offense. Then NIL will play somewhat of a factor, but you know, B.J. Mack being a more offensive perimeter-oriented guy, I think sees a lot of potential with what he could bring to Iowa. And if Iowa does land him alongside Cricky, I think that's a very nice transfer portal haul. But you also need to remember there's two things that Iowa needs to address still. One, can they get better rebounding? Because Cricky is great. He has to put the ball in the basket, only average 5.9 boards. And B.J. Max only about five and a half rebounds a game. And then you need to find a way to get a defensive stopper. That's why I love Jordan Minor defensive player of the year in his conference but for right now iowa is all in on bj mack they're still monitoring the portal i still expect people to potentially hit the portal but that's kind of the what i'm hearing right now a couple more minutes with david eichel hawkeyeinsider.com let's switch over to football as the spring football goes on since uh well since the beginning of the week has there been any news football related david yeah, not too much. I know we're going to be able to talk to some players tomorrow. I, I continue to hear good things about Eric All and how he's progressed, and I think him and Luke Lachey, I've said it, I think they could put up Hawkinson and Fant caliber numbers if they put them as the focal point of the offense. I think these are two very, very talented guys that can go in the first two or three rounds of the NFL draft. I think nobody's talking about Caleb Johnson, but I still expect Caleb Johnson to make strides. And Cade McNamara being fully in pads continues to kind of establish himself 
as one of the premier leaders on the team, and I think he's doing all the right things there. But, you know, as far as injuries go, there's still injuries at offensive line. There's still injuries at wide receiver right now. And, you know, I guess you can only do with what you have to work with. But I know there's certainly been some discouragement from the outside about seeing those injuries. But as far as the defense goes, I still expect the defense to be a top-five defense in the country. Once they get Nick Jackson back, I'm telling people don't sleep on Deontay Craig. Yes, Lucas Van Ness mm-hmm. was a huge loss. But Craig quietly had a very, very underappreciated season last yep. year. That defensive line, yep. I uh, did a positional group breakdown for my podcast yesterday. I Not hyperbolic. This is a deep, the deepest unit that Iowa football has ever had, certainly in my memory bank, going back to the to mid-'80s. They have 12 deep, 12 deep along the defensive line that all guys that have either been impactful or you believe can be impactful this year. Can the defense year. be better this year? I mean, the linebackers, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean Jackson will be good there, but yeah. the, this defensive front, the front seven, the defense is going to be incredible wow. again. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, we, we go down five or six different guys on defensive line, and there's somebody prominent we have not mentioned yet yes. that could be a breakout candidate in the country. <laughs> that's Aaron Graves. Yes. I mean, nobody's talking about Aaron yeah. Graves. I mean, this time last year. Last year was right. fantastic. Yeah. And then the other thing is, Iowa's secondary, I still believe, can be just as good next year, even without Riley Moss. Jamari Harris is a proven commodity, right? You have Xavier Wampu as the mm-hmm. highest ceiling. I believe the Iowa secondary has ever had, and Cooper DeGene, who I think could be a Jim Thorpe Award finalist, and I think almost could be expected to be a Jim Thorpe Award finalist by the end of the year. HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Network. David Eichel joining us to talk Hawks, and we're appreciative of that. Uh, David, thank you. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you uh, down the road. Thank you, David Eichel. Hey, thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, us too. Uh, David Eichholz, we check in on Iowa. All right, here's the two deep right now. All right. Deontay Craig, yeah. Max Llewellyn, who I thought flashed last See, I year. I loved Craig last year. Noah Shannon comes okay. back for a fifth yeah. year, along with Aaron Jones, or Aaron Graves, excuse me, Logan Lee, uh-huh. YA Black, Joe Evans, and Ethan Herquette, who was hurt last year, but when he played two years ago, he was pretty good. So those are just the guys listed. So let me stop in the real quick. YA Black, is this the year? Well,. It's probably only have to be for 20 snaps a game, right? Okay. That's the other piece of this with the depth that they have there. You couple that with some of the young guys coming in. Two Juco guys. Jackson Filer led Juco in sacks a year ago. Antonio Thompson, who was one of the top 50 players, regardless of position, in Juco. He comes in to help out. Uh, Jeremiah Pittman, we saw a little bit of him last year. We are right now, we are at 12 deep. <laughs> now you talk about some of the young guys. Caden Crawford, heard some good things about him. Brian Allen, same thing. Jeff Bowie. That's 15 deep. I need 15 guys on the defensive front right there. Is there a position change moving to the offensive side of the football? Well, you know, there was there was some scuttlebutt, I remember, back in January about maybe Y.A. Black moving mm-hmm. over and becoming an offensive tackle. And that was before they, they got help in the portal. But with this much depth there, Ooh. you can't play 15 you guys. Can. It's impossible. You can't play 12 guys. Right. And re- you're not going to keep everybody no, happy. you're not. It's well, it's and a good the portal's place to be. about to open up again. Now, can you make a trade? <laughs> Are we going to get to that point in college athletics? You, you know, that's not. That's. I mean, I know you're joking, right? But hey, two defensive linemen for a wide receiver. The ten years from now, are we talking about? I mean, who'd have thought ten years ago athletes would be getting paid? Right. You know, we we were harping. Can you give them an extra helping? Right? Would it kill you to let him go back for seconds? Can they get cream cheese on their bagel? <laughs> and here we are. Dave Sproul and Iowa State next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Point. Hi, Miller.
Corey Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State 1430 KSI, our iHeart station in Ames. He joins us to talk a little Iowa State. Let's go back to Monday, David. First of all, good morning, soon to be afternoon. Thanks for popping on here with us, Dave Sproul. Um, WNBA draft. Little history made, right? Couple in the uh, very uh, top twenty picks, Suarez and Jones, both uh, headed to Dallas as Suarez gets their via trade. But a pretty good, uh, pretty good day for Iowa State women's basketball, uh, to, uh, sending uh, women to the next level. Yeah, it certainly was because uh, I think now that they're in the high teens in terms of the number of WNBA draft picks in Iowa State history, which is pretty good for a program that's not, you know, generally knocking on the door of a, a Final Four, although, you know, consistently making the tournament. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not like there's a great deal of history for Iowa State in that WNBA, but they've, they've turned out, you know, every couple of years, they turn out one or two players who uh, make the pros or at least get drafted and, and get their, their shot. And, uh, you know, a couple of players, I think uh, Suarez is definitely going to get a shot uh, next season. This season, probably not going to play because of that ACL tear, uh, but uh, she'll have time to rehab with a, a professional uh, outfit. And then, uh, uh, for Ashley Jones, it's probably going to be a battle. The second round draft picks, you know, it's not always easy, and there's only 12 roster spots on each team, uh, so it's it's not going to be easy by any means to for her to, to qualify. But uh, knowing you know the way she's played and the way she's worked, she'll absolutely give it a great effort to to make the squad. Great recruiting class coming in. Addie Brown and McDonald's All-American. We certainly know about her. Audie Crooks here locally. Uh, what we saw out of her. Also, Ariana Jackson from Roosevelt. Great recruiting class coming in. Any buzz at all that you're hearing in the portal, though? Uh, nothing yet, really. Uh, it hasn't buzzed up. Of course, you know, the women's portal probably doesn't get quite as much buzz as, mm-hmm. as the men's uh, portal does. So I haven't heard a lot of uh, or much of anything really bubbling up. Uh, but I'm sure they're in the market. Uh, I think, uh, you know, for at least at Coast Bill Fenley, you put a lot of focus on that WNBA draft trip uh, during the weekend and into Monday night. But now, you know, they can really uh, focus on what's in the portal, what's available, what's a good fit for Iowa State. And uh, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd all be surprised if they find, you know, probably two, probably they might look for more. Uh, considering what they're losing out of the transfer portal coming off of last season, uh, they've uh, TJ. Meanwhile, continues to uh, boys brought a couple of guards in. Both of them have uh, look look like they're going to fit uh, uh, fit right in. But the, there's playing time, right? Lipsy Williams. So let's go with Jeremiah Williams, uh, who posted a picture of himself um, on Twitter. I mean, he has completely changed his body. He's he's cut. He is absolutely fit. But what? Uh, how's the injury? Is it taking longer, maybe, for him to get back on the court? Do they expect him to be ready once practice starts? Uh, summer practice, maybe not so much, but I, I think that the expectation remains that he'll be good to go by the time fall rolls around and they start you know, really ramping up for the regular season. At this point, I haven't heard anything that would indicate it's, it's you know, he's uh, has suffered any major setbacks or uh, is uh, off the timeline in a serious way. You know, they might ease him back into the lineup come fall when the regular season begins just to play it on the safe side. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the way Iowa State's handling this is probably a safe bet that he'll certainly be a major uh, contributor once things really get up and running and the season is going. Spring practice, uh, spring continues right now. The spring game will be on Saturday the 22nd at 11 a.m. They uh, had in the release that they'll determine by the coaching staff, based on player availability, what the format of the game is going to be. Well, we're getting closer. Hmm. What's the format of the game going to be, Dave Sproul? 
Uh, I have no idea. Uh, it'll be a glorified scrimmage is probably yeah. the best way to put it because that's pretty much what all spring games yep. are now. And mm-hmm. uh, you've probably heard if you follow college football this week, Hugh Freeze down at Mississippi uh, floated the idea, as coaches tend to do every so often, about having you know maybe a live scrimmage against yep. an opposing team, somebody from the FCS, something along those lines. I don't see that really happening in the near future, but you know, as long as it's an intra-squad scrimmage situation, you're going to see – a slightly upgraded version of two-hand touch in all in all likelihood. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think uh, you know they then the, the, they come up with point systems. You know the defense will get X amount of points for a turnover or a stop or something like that, and you'll get maybe you won't see six points for a touchdown or maybe really four points or maybe they'll have a point system just for getting first downs or or what have you based on uh, who is playing out there. So it's all kind of mashed together into something resembling a football scrimmage. Uh, but the most important thing, yeah, is just get a chance to get out there and see see some guys in action who you probably haven't seen much of previously. Yeah, it's just an excuse to get together with people you tailgate yeah. tailgate in the fall, and <laughs> you know, by the you're sick of winter. You're well, sick of Iowa being cooped State up. fans tailgating. You <laughs> imagine that, huh? Never would have thought. Uh, let, let's talk uh, uh, just real quick on this. We'll finish our final minute here, uh, you boys. Your squad had a win last night, a walk off bunt. Uh, helped by an error, but uh, the Twins put one in the wind column. Dave, you'll take it, right? Uh, take it any way I can get it, especially with the Twins' offense. We talked about it last week. It's not really uh, lighting up right now. Uh, thank goodness the, the pitching has been outstanding so far, and that's been great to see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we need to see those bats. I need to see Correa get back out there. Word yep. is he's going to be uh, back in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, you know, Buxton's back, and, and he's obviously uh, been productive so far this season. I like the way Walner's swung the bat uh, since coming up, and uh, I'll be really looking forward to seeing your countryman, Edward Julian, who's getting the call up. He's in the starting lineup today, his major league debut for the afternoon game against the White Sox. He's from uh, Quebec, so I'm sure I'm sure you'll be rooting for him, Ken. I'm, I'm all in. Hey, is Dick Bremer calling the game today? Have you heard that? Yeah, they mentioned during the game last night. He will be Thought back so. today. Good stuff. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Uh, we'll talk with you next week. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Always fun, guys. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI. Hour two, baseball conversation. Cardinals first. Cubs White Sox with Cappy. Trent's picks. Hour two next. 106.3 KXNO.